The following program is underwritten in part by Viagen Pets, the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Oh, you're going to want to stick around for this show today. Uh, besides your phone calls, toll-free at 1-866-405-8405. A couple of great guests. We have uh, Jeremy Feig. He's, he's written a book called How My Cat Made Me a Better Man. Apparently, he's one of these guys that was down and out. I guess he lived in a small apartment, didn't have any work, didn't have any girlfriends. He was really bummed with life, and he looked down at his cat, and his cat was just very happy and very content with life. <laughs> so he figured perhaps there were some lessons he could learn from his cat. And, and he did. He did. He's written yeah. a book on it, a very good book, I might add. And uh, we'll have giveaways of that book, as well as talk to Jeremy in just a few minutes. Also, from the Washington Post, Sadie Dingfelder will be joining us. I love that name, Dingfelder. Dingfelder. She uh, tested the weirdest pet products on the Internet. And there's some pretty weird things. Oh, yes. And these are all things that uh, you can get by simply going online and ordering them. And she'll tell us her point of view on all of these items coming up in just a few minutes. Or her animal's point of view. Uh, true oh, that. Yeah. yeah. Robert Semro is with us with 10 million reasons the pet world is inspiring me. Do we, do we have really enough time for that? For did, did you tell him that his segment's only just <laughs> He needs few, to keep a little shorter. Yeah, yeah, you might have to cut that down, Robert. Yeah. But uh, 10 million reasons the pet world is inspiring me up with Robert Semro in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Lori Brooks in the newsroom with uh, Gordy et al. How are you doing? Yes. What do you got? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Splendid. Splitting atoms over here. <laughs> I noticed you haven't caught my cold yet. Everyone else has, but you're doing fine. You know, I'm a germ phobe, so yes. everything is Lysol down when I leave the studio. Um, coming up, though, cats are always getting into the most precarious predicaments, aren't yep. they? You know, stuck somewhere. <laughs> so how firefighters get cats unstuck will give you their secret. That's on the way right here on Animal Radio. But first, your calls for Dr. Debbie and Joy Volani. Hi, Pam. How are you? I'm okay. What's going on? Okay. I rescued this kitten about, oh, it's been almost a year. I I haven't had her spaded yet. She, I don't know if she's coming in heat or what, but she cries. I mean, like maybe once or twice out of the month, she'll like, Crying sound. Okay. And what, what is she doing when she's crying? Is she trying to track you down, trying to come closer to you? Is she no, by the doors? She, she's, uh, she, okay, I have four other cats, but they're all spaded. They've been spaded since they were real little. Mm-hmm. And um, she'll go up to them and lay down or try to rub up against them. And, um, I mean, just do all, you know, kinds of things. They love her, but, uh, she just, I mean, I don't know if she's trying to come in heat. I don't know if she's hurting. Okay. She's like tall and skinny. Okay. I'll tell you what, Pam, the simple truth, it sounds like your cat is just horny. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it, it really does. Um, so well, Kitty's, <laughs> Kitty's will. I brought a kitten from downstairs that hadn't been fixed up here. Well, he's. Why? Are you looking for trouble here? <laughs> no, I'm not. But I wanted to find out if she was really in heat. And she got. She slapped him. She got mad at him. She hissed at him. Her hair stood up. That's love. So I. <laughs> <laughs> so I. You know, I told my manager just take him away because she was getting really violent. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, for kittens or for cats, they can go into heat generally about six months. But, you know, I've seen some female cats go into heat as early as four or five months of age. But when they do go into heat, it, it's pretty obnoxious. Um, they'll definitely kind of meow, carry on. Um, a lot of times they'll take their backside and stick it towards their favorite loved one, whether it's either a, a person or another animal. Um, and they'll stick their tail up really high, do a lot of rolling behavior. Now, and they'll they'll go in and out of heat, and that's the crazy thing with cats is that it just doesn't stop. Like a dog will go into heat twice a year generally, and you're done and over with it. With cats, you can count on this fun pretty much year round because they'll go into heat for a couple days, and then they'll go out for a couple weeks, and then it'll come back. So, um, so yeah, I, exactly. I'd say. Get that taken care of. and But my goodness, you, you tempt fate getting that boy around there. And, you know, the way that cats mate, when they're mating, they actually turn around and, and they fight. So, you know, there's a little bit of love there, but there's also a little bit of hate. Oh, <laughs> so. okay. Okay, because it was like, let me see how she acts with this one that hasn't been fixed. And uh, because my male cats, you know, they've been fixed since they was a kitten. And then, uh, and they're like nine years old, and my female's nine. But I rescued her out of the alley. Her mama just dropped her, and I've had her ever since. And they just took to her. Matter of fact, they made them lazy things get up and play. (laughs) 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 She made them play with her. But I just didn't know. I kept thinking, man, she just gets. My daughter said, Mama, she's coming in heat too much if that's what she's doing. Yeah, you got to get it done. And not only for the, uh, for the, for her to go out of heat, but there's a lot of health issues. I know. A lot of, she can avoid. What kind of cancers can she avoid, doctor? Well, the big thing in, in females is be avoiding mammary cancer. That's the big one. So if we take away that um, that estrogen production, then we can decrease the, the risk of breast cancer. But there's also the other, you know, pyometra, the uterine infection, and, you know, just that desire for her to slip, sleep up or sneak out that door um, <laughs> when she's feeling especially amorous. So, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, you, you ask something, you know, is she in pain? We don't know. Um, it's certainly possible that cats could be having cramps. We don't know. So, um, you know, I guess you'd make the argument, heck, most women hate their periods. So, you know, why not <laughs> spare her that heartache there? So. Very good. Thanks for your call today. We appreciate it, Pam. This healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the Grain-Free Red Barn Naturals. Canned food for dogs and cats, always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. You can learn more about this awesome food over at redbarninc.com. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting this portion of Animal Radio. Hey, John. Hey, how you doing? Doing good. Where are you calling from today? I'm in uh, Florida. Florida. A little north of West Palm Beach in Stewart. Well, Dr. Debbie's right here. What's going on with your animals? Uh, well, the problem that I have is I have a 100-pound boxer, or almost 100, and I have a mutt, but they drink a lot of water. But what my problem is I have a, a water bottle in the garage turned upside down, and you know the five-gallon 
bottle on top of a bowl. It used to only be a two-gallon, and I'd put a bigger one on, but it mm-hmm. would get all moldy inside. So my vet told me it was okay to use pool water in it, which keeps it clear. But I'm just worried about them drinking so much pool water continuously. I mean, they always have fresh in the house, but they're always outside because they just have to be out with you. Okay. So where now where is this water container? It's in the garage or it's outside? No, it's it's in it's in the garage, but it's just the way it is, it just it's so hot here and humid that okay. it gets you know, it, the bottle just starts getting moldy and, and they drink quite a bit plus other dogs visit and they go through probably I probably fill it twice a week. Definitely in a hot environment. So if we have a, a large amount of water, we can definitely have some mold accumulation, some different things growing in there. So that's not an ideal situation. And definitely changing it more than twice a week, I'd have to say, for any water source, ideally we'd be changing that water daily um, because that alone will help um, decrease the incidence of things growing in that water and, and just losing its uh, freshness. But, uh, you know, I'm not opposed to pool water, and dogs drink pool water as long as we're dealing with the really diluted chlorinated water that's in pools, it's really not a big deal. Uh, the problem comes if you have pools that are shocked and that have the high concentration of the chlorine, the chemicals in that. That's when we really don't want to be touching that water. That should not be any business for the doggies at that time. Um, but for every, you know, everyday water, it's it's not a big deal. And, uh, you know, some folks, you know, will even uh, add a little bit of bleach to drinking water as a way to keep uh, it uh, uh, safe if you're out hiking. Um, so that's even one thing that we can do is some use some very dilute bleach in the drinking water. That was my next question as opposed to, you know, them continuously having to pull water because I'm just out. I work so much outside and they're always out with me and they're just continuously using this bottle. And, uh, I mean, you know, they, they kill it, but it's still it just starts getting green. And that's, that was another suggestion was one tablespoon of bleach per gallon of water. And I wasn't sure about, I mean, they say it's okay for humans if you let it sit 30 minutes, but I wasn't sure for these guys or just stay with the pool water and I'm fine. Yeah, I mean, I could see a benefit with the the bleach, and I think what you said is much higher than what I typically use. I only use about eight drops per gallon um, for um, for the sanitation, sanitizing that water. So um, at that level, you might pick up a little bit of an odor of bleach, but you just kind of let it sit, like you said, and it should be okay for long-term ingestion. Um, but you don't want to eyeball it. You really want to measure it out um, because you get enough bleach <laughs> ingested, and that could be a problem if you're, if you're just kind of winging it on the dilution there. Hey, Doc, um, what about those spigots? Aren't there spigots that you can turn on, but they don't, don't drip the water where the dog drinks, and it only comes out when the dog drinks from it? Aren't there things yeah, like that? Yeah, so... Yeah, that's a great setup as well. If you can, if you can do that, and if you have the water source where um, you know you can set that up outside. So yeah, that's a nice alternative as well, because um, you definitely want to have fresh water. You know, there's so many different protozoas that can uh, even just in a sitting bowl of water. Yeah. So whether or not we're having large amounts, things like Giardia, which is a protozoa that you know it's just a common everyday thing. We can find it in dog bowls, cat bowls if the water in the bowl is not changed frequently enough. Um, so so that is imperative. And, and definitely, we want those dogs to drink tons of water. It's good for them. Um, and especially if they're out and they're active in that high temperature, we want to give lots of fresh water for them. And it, it's a high temperature, but it's the humidity. Like on my on my back porch, even where the pool is, I'll get, I'll get like, 
uh, mold, slime, they'll start to grow mm. on the glass on the sliding doors. It gets funky back there even. Yeah, John, you know, you make me thrilled that I live in the desert environment. I don't have to worry about mosquitoes. I don't have to worry about green slime. It's great out here. You know, when you started this call, I wanted to be there in Florida with you. <laughs> now, yeah, now but, not uh, so much. Call me around Christmas time. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, this is Elaine Boozler on Animal Radio. Stay and to your pets and some of your exes. <laughs> People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten-free. For over a decade, Biogen has been the leading provider of genetic preservation and cloning services of prized livestock with thousands of satisfied clients. Now announcing Biogen Pets, providing genetic preservation and cloning services to pet parents. Consider preserving the genes of your pet to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N Pets.com. I am the family dog, and it's that time of year again. The one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family, and we like to sniff out new places too. And we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido-friendly magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. Hi, I'm Doc Halligan, Chief Veterinary Officer for the Lucy Pet Foundation. Did you know that if you spay or neuter your dog or cat, they'll live up to 40% longer, be healthier, and you will have fewer vet bills? You'll also be helping to stop the huge pet overpopulation problem in our shelters. Lucy Pet Foundation has teamed up with the City of Los Angeles to provide free spay and neuter services for your pet. Go to LucyPetFoundation.org or call 855-499-LUCY to see if you qualify. Listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1 866 405 8405. You found us. We're Animal Radio. This is where we celebrate the connection with your pets. Grab your pets. Bring them on around the radio if you're not already with them, cuddled up and listening. And of course, if you have questions about your pets or if you just want to check in, it's easy to do. You can do it toll free 1 866 405 8405. It spells nothing. Uh, it does. It does. It spells Kaflugina, but it's much easier just to to remember the just number. To remember the number, really. Yeah. Another way you can ask your questions is from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android, and it's a free download. You ask your questions directly from the app. It has a special hotline number right to the studio. You may not have a question now, but let's say in the middle of the week, next week, something happens to your animal and you need to talk to the doctor. You can use it right from the free Animal Radio app. And uh, let's see, in just a few minutes, we're going to talk to Sadie Dingfelder. And she tested the weirdest products on the Internet, like the Licky Brush. Remember the people we had on a few weeks oh, ago? Yes. 
with the cat tongue, that's so you can uh, lick your cat. And brush him at the same time brush without the, the hairballs. Uh, she also has some weird, weird items like the turd burglar. The so, what? Turd burglar. I have a feeling it has something to do with dog poop. We'll find out with her in just a few minutes. And just before that, we're going to do a check of the news with Lori Brooks. What are you working on for this hour? You soon may have a new favorite pet specialty store because, well, you know, there are two huge ones. But now there are two other less big stores that have merged to become the third biggest pet retail specialty store. So we'll tell you what that is. So we know that there's Petco and there's PetSmart. So you're telling me there's a third one that's going to be entering the arena here? Mm -hmm. On the way right here on Animal Radio. Got to stick around for that. Let's go to the phones for your calls right now. Hey, Cheryl, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. What's going on in your world? Well, I have a five-year-old mixed breed dog who's part shepherd, and she is having issues with bladder stones. About four months ago, we had one removed. And she has another. Okay. Did you have the stone analyzed? Do we know what it was made out of? No, we did not do that one. We will on this one. I still okay. have that stone, actually. Oh, well, excellent. You take that to your veterinarian and send that out. The reason is because it's so important that we know what these stones are made of. Some stones we can prevent with diet. Um, some breeds are kind of predisposed to a certain variety of stones. There's calcium-based stone, phosphorus, silica, urate. Oh, my gosh, there's so many. In German shepherds, I would first think of a silica-based stone. It's one that this type of breed is just prone to. And so that's where that test is going to be so important to have that analyzed. If it is, um, it can be a very challenging stone to prevent. But some steps that we'll do are to move to diets that are very low in vegetable matter. Um, Silica is very rich in things like different types of corn holes, rice holes, soybeans, anything basically that kind of grows out of the ground. Even potatoes can have silica. So for pets that have this particular type of stone, we'll go to more of a no-grain diet. Um, but the big thing is if anything is reoccurring, we got to make some steps and do some dietary changes to try to help out. And then the other things going along with that, any type of bladder stone, the ways we can help a pet to expel those crystals and the microscopic forms of those stones is to make sure they're producing lots and lots of urine. And the way we do that is we encourage them to drink, but, you know, you can't always force it down. But we can add things like a little bit of salt to the food, and that increases their thirst, and that'll increase the urine output. The other thing would be just a simple way to do that is canned foods have a higher moisture content. So whatever diet your veterinarian says is going to be the appropriate one for your baby, um, the canned varieties are definitely going to be the better way to go to just try to create lots of urine. And that way, we help to kind of basically flush the system naturally and try to get those crystals out before they build up into a stone. But there's a lot of other things that we have to look at. So really the first thing I'd say is get that stone tested and then find out if we've got infection going on because there's um, some stones that will be triggered by a low-grade infection in the bladder, and we've just got to get more info to better tackle this for the future. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Well, good luck with that, Cheryl, and give your baby a pat on the head. one 405 We have Viagin Pets. We have Melaine Rodriguez. She is the client service manager joining us. Hi, Melaine. Welcome to the show. Hi there. I'm happy to be here. So we've been talking over the last few weeks about Viagin Pets and and learning what you guys are all about. Now, if we wanted to get involved with cloning our pet, tell us the process we'd go through. Well, the first step to cloning your pet is genetic preservation. Genetic preservation is a safe and simple way for pet parents to preserve genetic material from their pets 
that can be used for cloning either right away or at any point down the road. Does it hurt? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it can be done under a local or a general anesthesia. So it starts with a a simple, small skin biopsy that's done by the pet veterinarian. A good time to consider having the biopsy done is doing a routine procedure, such as a spay or a neuter or a dental cleaning. Oh, really? Just always have it on hand is what you're saying? Right. What are some of the reasons that we might want to genetically preserve our animal's DNA? Well, some pet owners choose genetic preservation as a way to honor and give eternal respect to the special bond they've shared with their pet. Some clients get a sense of peace knowing that they have a tangible connection to a special pet that they can't imagine living without. And then, of course, some choose genetic preservation now with the intention of cloning later. Are there any reasons that we'd want to genetically preserve our animal's DNA for their health? Well, genetic preservation can eventually be used for current or future cell-based therapies. How much does something like this cost? The genetic preservation fee is normally $1,600, but we currently have a special offer available for those folks who call in and mention that they heard about us on Animal Radio. Oh, wow. Okay. I thought it was going to be hundreds of thousands of dollars for something like this, but this this is actually affordable. Absolutely. How can we learn more? To find out more about us, you can visit us online at viagenpets.com or give me a call directly at 888-876-6104. Malayne, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I'm Beth Stern on Animal Radio and Adopt from Your Local Shelter. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, canine caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle style for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. The founder of PetFinder.com has announced the launch of her newest website project. It is 911fosterpets.com. PetFinder is credited with finding over 25 million homes for adoptable pets. That's according to its founder, Betsy Saul, who says that to this day, she is still haunted by some of the special souls that she met along the way that just really needed a little extra time to find their forever home. She adds that her new website will be dedicated to finding short-term foster families for those urgent animals. The mission of 911fosterpets.com is going to be to create a foster revolution to give shelter pets that extra time that they need so they can live. And the site really sounds pretty easy to work. Here's how it goes. Animal shelters will post pets that are urgent. Now, urgent implies that those pets will be euthanized in 48 hours or less. Potential foster families can search the urgent pets in their community with various search criteria, like, you know, how long you can foster, etc. And once a foster family sees a pet that they would like to help, all they have to do is click the foster button and it connects them with the shelter where the pet is. You can sign up at 911fosterpets.com and they say they will even notify you when new urgent pets in your community are posted. Well, you've probably heard the helpful hint that, you know, using soap will help get a ring off if it's, you know, stuck on your finger. 
So there must have been a few firefighters in Massachusetts who knew that trick, too, because they used dish soap to help rescue a cat that had become stuck in a storm drain grate. The one-year-old cat was actually dangling below the grate with its head stuck in one of the holes. When the firefighters arrived, the cat, they say, was barely breathing, but quick-thinking firefighters removed the grate, and then they placed it on the ground in such a way that allowed the cat, you know, some room to breathe. Then they used the soap to work on getting the cat's head loose, and within a few minutes, that cat was free and clean. The chain stores Pet Value and Pet Supermarket have now merged, creating the third largest pet specialty retailer in North America. The new company is called Pet Retail Brands, and you'll be hearing that a lot. It's got more than 930 stores across the U.S. and Canada. And I bet you know, but if you don't, the top two biggest pet retailers are, of course, PetSmart and Petco. Well, cars are developed for people. Obviously, pets don't drive, but pets are not even thought of when it comes to vehicle safety right now, even though the Center for Pet Safety says that dogs are the number one traveling companion. Well, now there is a small group of engineers and workers at an auto supply company up in Michigan, and they want to engineer seats and devices and such to protect pets as well as humans better. They've been studying various sizes and breeds of dogs and how dogs travel while they're in cars. They've been using dogs whose owners work at this company, and they've surveyed them and asked a lot of questions and observed a lot. And then they've had researchers record video of how dogs actually get in and out of the vehicles and what dogs do while their owners are driving. So the process of making cars safer for pets is now officially underway. And think about it, it's actually making the car safer. It's not just about the things that we put in it. And they've also began sketching what a safer car might look like. In many ways, this is the next step in vehicle safety. It's also a largely unstudied area with absolutely no government or industry standards. So while the group at Johnson Controls has started their work, it's not going to be until next year that they hope that they can develop some standards for the government to use for pet travel safety. And they estimate that it's going to take at least a decade, can you believe that, before actual safety devices and their applications for pets can be used universally by all the automakers for cars. In fact, think about this, the comparison. They liken their journey to that of the development of auto safety for children, which came about out of a demand for more child passenger protection way back in the 60s when they discovered children riding on their parents' laps in the front seat of a car offered that child no protection in an accident. Yet everybody did it all the time. And nowadays, of course, you would never see that. So this could be a very long road. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. She here on the phone. Oh, this is great. We're going to talk to a reporter for the WashingtonPost.com. She did a column where she tried out the weirdest pet products on the Internet. There's a lot of weird ones, in fact. <laughs> uh, I think it was about three weeks ago we had the people from Licky Brush on. Yeah, the makers of Licky Brush came on and mm-hmm. talked about it. That uh-huh. was the uh, brush that's like a tongue that you put in your mouth, and it's a combination brush, and you lick your cat. And it's always something I've wanted to do I without getting how. the hairballs. It was a Kickstarter project, and it did phenomenally well. In fact, I believe 
believe they, they're selling out of this item right now. Yeah, they did. I got in on it. <laughs> uh, we go to the phones right now. We have Sadie Dingfelder. Is that how you say your last name, Sadie? That's right. That's right. Dingfelder. Okay. Well, Sadie, welcome to the show. You uh, tried all these weird items out for your column, and I wanted you to tell us some of the, some of the items you tried out and whether you liked them or not. Yeah. Well, I did. I did try out the licky brush. They only had a prototype available. Okay. So it tasted a little funny, and uh, my editor was concerned that it might not be, like, food safe. Like, maybe you weren't supposed to put it in your mouth. But I called the Licky Brush people. They assured me it was fine. So I licked my cat with it. Now, what did your um, cat think about yeah, that? Yeah, what is the reaction? <laughs> he was very much not into it. Um, <laughs> we have a video on our website of my cat avoiding me uh, with the Licky Brush. He thought it was super weird. <laughs> Well, it is super weird. Besides the licky brush, what else did you get a chance to try? Well, let me tell you, in my living room right now, uh, much to my boyfriend's chagrin, <laughs> is a huge cat wheel. It's like a hamster wheel, but for cats. <laughs> oh, I think that's such a great idea because cats really do need exercise. Let me tell you, I have tried to walk my cats, and they're not into it. So I was really excited about this wheel to get them some exercise in my little one-bedroom apartment. Uh-huh. But unfortunately, my personal cats were too light to make the wheel rotate. Oh. <laughs> you were able to even get them on the wheel, yeah? Yes. It took like um, almost a week of clicker training to get Fuzz, the more compliant cat, on the wheel. But he really couldn't get it moving. Okay. What else do you have? Okay. The funniest name for a product was the Turd Burglar. Turd Burglar? Turd. Okay. Turd Burglar. Okay. Uh, and it was an attachment for a hockey stick, um, and you used it to – it was. It really confused my friends because it's for sort of picking up poop, like your dog's poop. With a hockey stick. It's with a hockey stick. So I believe it's actually – when I grew up, um, we had some golden retrievers in a big backyard. Uh-huh. And part of – one of my chores was to sort of chuck the poo into a corner. <laughs> so I think that's more what the turd burglar is for. It's not for people who live in cities who are walking their dogs and need to get the poo into like a park garbage can. It's to it's throw it over people. your neighbor's fence. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So did you find this item useful at all? Um, I can imagine it being useful for someone like in with a yard. Yeah, and you have to have a hockey stick. Is that correct? <laughs> you have to own a hockey stick. I think it might have been invented in Canada or somewhere in the northern <laughs> Everyone United owns States. one there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're with Sadie Dingelfelder, Dingfelder, and uh, she's tried the weirdest things on the internet. <laughs> Sorry about that. She's tried the weirdest things <laughs> on the internet. This is a burglar story that did it. <laughs> <laughs> These are all pet products that you can get online mostly, and they're kind of bizarre and weird, and uh, we've gone through a few of them. We have a couple more to take a look at here. Uh, what else do you have? Bacon bubbles. Bacon bubbles. Um, now, that seems like it would be a hit. Yes. You know what? I totally agree. I thought that would be a hit, but it, uh, it wasn't. Uh, we tried it on a few dogs. None of them seemed to care about it. And then I thought, you know, dogs have an exceptionally good sense of smell. I mean, it's so incredible. Mm-hmm. And so I bet that this is just sort of a fake bacon sort of smell or flavor that can trick humans, but it's not going to fool a dog. Uh, okay, I can tell the I'm difference. assuming just by the name, these are like bubbles like you would have in a little bottle and you would blow when you were a kid, all those little... Yes, yeah. that's exactly right. Yeah, and now my living room still smells faintly of um, like, uh, you know, synthetic bacon. but. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> from trying that out indoors. <laughs> so the uh, the dogs did not like it, but you were intrigued. I was intrigued. It made me hungry. I was made me wish for breakfast. Um, 
And then the last one I tried was a total, uh, what's the word? It just didn't work at all, which is really too bad because what it does, it's called puppy tweets, like puppy treats, but with tweets as in Twitter. Okay. Yeah. And it, you put it on your dog. And so then when you're at work and you miss your pet, uh, you can just check their personal Twitter account. And it basically chooses from, I think, 300 pre-written tweets based on its activity level. But puppy tweets did not work because it requires you to download software that's no longer available because it apparently had been discontinued like a year ago. This was wow. um, made by Mattel, too, wasn't it? Yes, that was made by Mattel. And I called Mattel customer service and asked if they could please email me or give me the software somehow, and they were not able to. Well, those are some great items. And now, is your column normally about pets? Um, I'm a humor columnist, okay. so I write about a huge variety of things. But often, that does include my my cats. Um, I did clicker train my one of my cats to cuddle with me. I got to say, I'm amazed you were actually able to train a cat at all. That's <laughs> that's yeah. Amazing. You know, if you have a food motivated cat, they're not that hard to train. Yeah, my cat's like uh, he looks at me like I just asked him for a ride to the airport or something like that. Or you know, he's... <laughs> Sadie Dingfelder is our guest. She's uh, from the Washington Post. WashingtonPost.com is the website, and of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com, including all these weird items that she has just mentioned. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at CanineCaviar.com. Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team. Dr. Debbie and Joey Volani taking your calls. Ladybug, the studio stunt dog, in studio along with Molly, uh, Gordy, and uh, the whole team mostly here today in studio. So, oh, come up on my lap. There you go. Hopefully you have your animals with you wherever you are right now. Hopefully you get to take them with with you to work. And if you don't, tell your boss that you could be more productive. <laughs> it's true. Statistics show that offices that allow pets are actually more productive. I don't want, Just anybody out there, have your boss call us. We'll tell them. Yeah, talk, talk to either yeah. Judy or Ladybug. Yeah, I'll office. set them straight. <laughs> uh, don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And it's really easy to do that. And also, if you have that app, if there's ever a recall or news that you need that really affects you and your pet, uh, that will be right there in your hands immediately. As soon as the recall's out, you'll get it right there on your iPhone or your Android device. So download it now. It's a free download. There's no reason not to have the Animal Radio app. Uh, coming up in just a couple of minutes, Jeremy Feig. And he wrote a book called How My Cat Made Me a Better Man. It's one of those self-help books. It is a self-help book. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I'm not... I'm not much of a self-help guy. I don't really like self-help <laughs> books, but this is a book that I will read. I've actually started to crack it between the commercials here because he's not only very funny, 
but he deals with some pretty interesting topics. And he's the kind of guy who, like me, was down and out, lived in a small place, no girlfriend, no job. Things were looking pretty bad. And he looked down at his cat and he said, why is my cat so damn happy? <laughs> and he, he applied those lessons that he learned from his cat to his life. And now he's uh, doing well. He's happy. He's a happy guy. <laughs> Because it doesn't really take... You know, our animals are pretty happy with some pretty basic things. they got a nice bone or a toy or a home or just your love. And, you know, giving them your love is the most important thing you can give your animals. Yeah, your love and your time. So go give them a hug right now. Let's take one for Dr. Debbie. We have Matt at one 405 8405 Welcome to the show, Matt. Dr. Debbie, i got a question for you about my five-and-a-half-year-old golden doodle. All righty. What you got? Well, he had PPLO surgery about six weeks ago, and I was wondering how soon is too soon to, you know, let him go to the groomer and get himself cleaned up. He's kind of a, getting to be a stinky little fella. <laughs> so I'm going to have to explain for Hal. TPLO yes, surgery. <laughs> you were, I knew that question was coming. TPLO surgery is done for dogs that have a ruptured cruciate ligament, uh, which is one of the major ligaments in the knee. So just like a football player that blows out their knee, taking that turn and making that catch, dogs jumping oh. off a couch or catching a frisbee can blow out the knee the same way. Okay. So, um, so your doggy ruptured that. Now, how's he getting along post-surgery at this time? You know, the next day he actually walked out of the vet underneath his own power and he's been doing great. The hardest thing is keeping him, him calm. He wants to jump on everything and uh, uh-huh. that's the hardest part of it. He amazingly is doing well. He did rip out all his stitches after seven days, but, or oh, staples, I should say. I'm not Crazy surprised. <laughs> He, he may have what we term uh, goofy retriever syndrome. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry, yeah. I've coined that because I have one myself. He's a goofy retriever. Um, yeah, prone to just trouble. Uh, are you having difficulty keeping him from doing things at this point now, huh? Yeah, we, we really are. Um, we, we do. We had taken our, our half of our bed and put it downstairs as to keep him off the stairs, you know, and stuff uh-huh. like that. But, now we are walking him up the stairs on the lead. We've never had to harness his back, but we are having a hard time keeping him down. Like when he sees other dogs out the window, he wants to run around the living room. Kind of hard to slow him down. Yeah. And when he wants to go real fast, he just lifts the leg up and then hops around on three. It's kind of hysterical, but, you know. <laughs> he takes the, the slow leg out from underneath him, and then he can really move. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's go fast mode. Yeah. Well, with a dog that recovers from a TPLO surgery, normally the healing time we're looking at about two to three months out. And about eight weeks after the surgery is when ideally we ought to get an x-ray to see how the bone is healing um, because there is a mm-hmm. plate involved with that. And we want to make sure that there's good healing callus of that bone there. Um, that might make some difference in whether or not we want to give you a kind of free reign to get into some of the grooming activities. Um, I'd have to say because he has goofy retriever syndrome, Room. And then, you know, we might push that back as far as we can for your typical standard type grooming. Um, that being said, there are some dogs that I have to get some kind of grooming done, whether they're just stinky, dirty from, you know, being post-surgery or what have you. If we do have to get him to a groomer or do a home bathing, there are some precautions that I would do. And, and one is to use a non-stick uh, mat in the bathing tub um, because that's very important. We don't want him slipping and losing his footing in any way. Um, 
um, and jumping in and out of a tub is a horrible thing for a dog after this type of surgery. So if possible, we'd try to either do this. Um, I, I've even bathed some dogs um, in our dog runs at the office um, where we don't have to even worry about the up and down, and that helps to kind of make us feel better about that whole experience. And then, uh, you know, know your dog and know your groomer. Um, if if it seems like it's a something that they can pull off without risk of injury, um, you know, then it may be okay. But uh, for a lot of these really uh, silly, uh, exuberant uh, retrievers, I, I would push off the, the true grooming until we're cleared by the doctor that everything's healed. Okay. No, that, that sounds good. And, you know, I could deal with most of it. It's just his face is getting kind of crusty, and I wasn't sure how to handle that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, no. My dogs, they love a good hot rag on their face, and I call it the doggy spa. So they come and they get the hot warm towels, and I put on their face, and they push and shove and push their way up. They get their ears clean and get the doggy spa. So, you know, even something as simple as that may make, uh, make him feel good. And, you know, just like us, you gotta look good to feel good. Some of you think it takes too long to drive to Buffalo Wild Wings, order lunch, eat, and get back to work in time. It's because of people like you that we've got the B-Dubs Fast Break Lunch Menu. We guarantee you'll get an entree like wings or street tacos plus a side delivered to your table in just 15 minutes or it's free. You used to wish we could serve lunch faster. Now you might wish we were slower, but we won't be. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. For a limited time only at participating locations. Restrictions apply. See participating locations for details. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Welcome to Hour 2 of Animal Radio. This hour, we're going to talk to Jeremy Feig. He's written a book called How My Cat Made Me a Better Man. It is a tremendously great book, funny, and it talks about everything from stress relief to relationships, how to uh, better your life through your cat. Well, through his cat. I think ladies should stick around because we just love men who love cats. Exactly. There's not a lot of men that admit that they love cats. See, admit right. being the key word. I think there's a lot of men that do, but they don't want to say it. I don't know why. I don't either. I think people, when they think of me, Hal, they think of macho, and they think of <laughs> what? What are, you, what are you laughing at? Uh, nothing, Hal. A cat. And yeah. how you love cats, and we love that about yeah, you. Yeah, yes, there you go. Okay, well, you see, I do love my cats, and I admit it right here on this national radio show, and I've actually learned a little bit from this book, which uh, hopefully will give you some tips, too. If you're one of those stressed-out people, you think things are really bad in your life right now, you want to stick around for Jeremy. Uh, that's just around the corner right here. After your calls and after a check of news with Miss Lori Brooks, what are you working on in the newsroom this hour? Uh, we're going to tell you what this pet humanization trend is. What does that mean? And everything you wanted to know about the world of dog food, and especially those premium brands coming up. Ooh, I, I have a feeling there's a lot of dirty secrets. Because you know why? I know it's a big business. I know it's like billions of dollars worth. And whenever there's money involved, there's always deceit and lies. Exactly. Cutting corners. Yeah. $23 billion. 23? How much was... $23 billion wow. was what was spent on dog food last year in this country. Wow. Okay, so when you're dealing with that kind of money, there's 
probably lots to mm-hmm. know, and uh, Lori will tell us about it in just a couple of minutes. Let's go to the phones. Don't forget, you can ask your questions at our toll-free number, one 405 8405 And you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Uh, download that puppy now. Let's go to line three. Hi, Kathleen. Hi. So what's going on with your animal? Well, I have my dog, Misha. She's, uh, she's about three years old. She's totally housebroken, has been for a very, very long time. And uh, I was visiting my mom down in St. Augustine Beach, and uh, Misha started in the middle of the night, 3.30 in the morning, she started crying. And then all of a sudden just peed on the bed. Grizz is not a dog. She she has had a history of bladder infections, but this one just cleared up with antibiotics in in twelve hours. I and how many see, bladder infections has she had over time? Let's see. The first year that I had her, she probably had three of them, and then we got her onto uh, <laughs> going to sound like a commercial for science diet. The science diet food that's okay. specific for you know CD or whatever. And then okay. the vet thought, you know, she'd been well for several years now and that we could try to take her off it. Well, this happened within two months of changing the food to a cheaper brand. I'm just wondering if it's, if that could have been a coincidence or if you think it, it could have been a, another recurrent bladder infection that kind of came and went that fast just by changing out that food. Wow, you know, that's definitely suspect if, you know, if there was a diet change and she broke. Now, during the time she was on that diet, had she had any Ooh. urinary tract infections? She did not. Ooh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, it kind of seems like, duh, but at the same yeah. time, <laughs> at the same time, it was, uh, it was almost like too quick on, on changing the food almost that it, it, I don't know. Okay. Now, did they get a urine sample at that time? Not able to. Oh, darn, because that would have been great. Yeah. I mean, that would be the evidence we need to prove this. Um, but I'd say it is suspicious because anytime any diet that a pet is on, when we're talking about trying to control urine environment, mm-hmm. um, there are some pets that pH can really play a role in um, crystal formation and urinary tract right. infection. So any diet, when you switch that, um, the pH may change in that urine environment is going to change. So, yeah, we, we could be setting up for some problems. And she may be telling you, gosh, Mom, you know, I do need a, um, a therapeutic diet to help manage okay. this problem. But I would say, yeah, I would love that evidence and I'd love to get that urine sample because then I think you could kind of maybe either ease your mind or know with more um, accuracy yeah, about that. Yeah, she's just so skittish sometimes. It's hard to get near her when she's going. <laughs> a couple of years ago, we put her through the needle biopsy part where they stuck uh-huh. the needle in and and they pulled it out, and they um, they did find some crystals in it then, which is why we did the CD. But she's not showing any sign of any kind of problem now for so long. I thought it might be safe to try, mm-hmm. and uh, this it came on. It was yeah, well, it probably wasn't I, even a month. I mean, it was immediate. Uh-huh. And, and I, I don't uh, blame you for trying there. I mean, because, I mean, realistically, everyone wants to find something that works. And then if you don't need it anymore, you know, you wouldn't want to give it. But um, yeah. for me, I would definitely say, yeah, a urine sample. And it might not be a bad idea for a 
for a kid that's had a problem in the past with recurrent urinary infections, you know, getting that sterile sample would be important. And, you know, it wouldn't be overkill to check an x-ray to make sure we don't have anything like a bladder stone that's just kind of lurking there. Because definitely something with bladder stones, they can cause some little micro trauma to the bladder wall. And I've had dogs that have lived with them for years. And then we pick them up as a, oops, we're taking an x-ray because the dog was vomiting. And then they have this ugly stone in their bladder. And then, you know, we go, wow, this dog never complained about any kind of urine problem. Um, but, yeah, so some of these things can be kind of sneaky in that way. So, um, yeah, if two, you... I guess two and a half years ago, and, in fact, we did uh, CT. We did ultrasound. We did um, good all kinds of stuff just trying to find out what was going on. There, there were some tiny, small evidence of very small crystals. But then it, it just seemed to go away with this with this diet, and the vet thought it might be might be safe to try her on on something else. And uh, I just I thought maybe it could have been environment because she was she's not used to being at my mom's. I had her in a strange place, and she's skittish anyway. So mm-hmm. I, I just thought I'd try to maybe get another another opinion on it. Yeah. No, so right now, what food is she eating? Diet. I love my dog. I would just, I'd put her on the science diet. You put her back on the diet. Okay. Any problem? I, yeah, I would never ever take a chance. Okay. I normally wouldn't take a chance anyway, but I was trying to try to save money because you know it's tough out there. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and even if you can't get a, a sterile sample at the veterinary office, um, you know if she's calmer with you around and she's not pee shy, um, you know once she's settled, you know back on that seedy diet, um, it would be worthwhile to at least get a clean urine catch and kind of like you know we go to the doctor's office and they have a whole process they tell you when you get a clean urine sample so we can try our best at home to collect a urine sample from our pets and with uh with the advent of you know those throwaway tupperware containers or some great throwaway plastics you can use um and just kind of slide that underneath her let her void and let her go for a few seconds then put it in the stream of urine and you're going to be more apt to catch a more clean free catch sample and that might be more meaningful for your, for your veterinarian. Um, we always want that sterile one caught in the office if we can. But if not, right. you know that that might be a good short uh, second substitute there. Usually, when I bring her in, as soon as the veterinarian takes her leash, she's on the floor. Those are frustrating patients, I'll tell you. I've got a couple that I just even look at them, so I can't even touch them. Look at them, I just kind of walk them down the hallway, and I say, "Please, please, please, like make it till the ultrasound. We can do it. We can do it." And my shoe gets soaked most of the times. Kathleen, we thank you for your call today. One eight six. 405-8405 to connect with the Dream Team right now. Animal Radio is underwritten in part by Viagen Pets, the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Learn more at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N Pets.com. Hello, Animal Radians. It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List, 10 Million Reasons the Pet World is Inspiring to Me. I am the Pet World Insider. In fact, I've spent the past several years sharing my insider knowledge, observations, and learning with the animal world and all that would listen and watch. We recently hit a remarkable milestone for us. 10 million verified viewers of our Pet World Insider video releases. Producer Derek and I took a minute to reflect on that. This got me thinking about this week's Animal Radio List, 10 Million Reasons the Pet World is Inspiring to Me. Many of you know that my dogs, Sugar and Zoe, along with the support and love of my wife and daughters, brought me deep into the pet world. 
Like so many in the pet world, it was not a goal as much as it was a path brought on by the inspiration and love of my pets. I started with a passion to make sure that as many people as wanted could have heirloom portraits of the pets they loved. This wonderful journey led me to becoming the photographer. I met so many wonderful people and pets along the way that I had to do more and become more involved. That led me to Pet World Insider. Pet World Insider was born out of my frustration that there were so many wonderful experts, products, and services that would benefit pets and the people who love them if only they knew about them. So we set out to make sure people could find the information they wanted, needed, and could trust to help them enrich their pets' lives and make their pet parenting experiences better. We've been so blessed to meet so many wonderful people, animals, and companies throughout the pet world. It's been a journey that has so far given us much more than we could ever give back. A few of the more memorable things we've done include filming at wildlife sanctuaries, learning from the pet world's top experts, appearing weekly on animal radio, and even just simply cooking recipes for our pets in our own kitchen. The animals have rarely surprised me as I've learned they're amazing and incredible beings who love, connect with, and inspire us. But it's been the people and their efforts, their care, their knowledge, and their selflessness that have made me realize how truly wonderful and special the pet world is. And more importantly, how lucky I am to see and share so much of it with you all. Each week here on Animal Radio, we get to share time, thoughts, insights, and hopefully a few laughs with all of you. For that, I say thank you, and I want you to know that you inspire myself and the Pet World Insider team to continue to create great pet content that makes a difference for the pet world. If you haven't seen any of our videos, you can do so on YouTube, youtube.com slash Pet World Insider, or on our Roku channel, Pet World Insider. Share your pet world inspirations and experiences with us on our Animal Radio Facebook page. Going on right now at Guitar Center, we're extending our friends and family discount to you with savings up to 20% off the gear you really want. From starter packs and custom shop guitars to practice pads, handcrafted drum kits, the latest recording gear, and more, discover the feeling of making music with your friends and family and saving up to 20% off on thousands of products from most major brands across the store. Go to GuitarCenter.com to get your friends and family coupon during Guitar Center's Friends and Family Weekend. Going on now, in-store and online. Tanya Tucker on Animal Radio. Love those pets. Alan Cable, here's your real dogs doing amazing things. Watch. You wouldn't think he's 10 years old just by the way he acts. Tucker gets into a lot of trouble. Known in the family to be the food burglar. And because of that, an amazing secret that was hiding in Tucker's belly is about to be revealed to the world. After I turn around, the popsicle is gone. Tucker ate it stick and all. You know, smacking his jaws. But you know, with dogs, often what goes in comes right back out. <laughs> stick and all, everything came out. Two days later, something else came out. And I look in the paper towel, and here is my wedding ring. I kid you not. My wedding ring? Her ring went missing five years ago. I was devastated. The vet thinks the popsicle stick may have dislodged the ring. Friends have said, I want a dog that throws up diamonds. Like, who doesn't, right? So I have my wedding ring back, and Tucker is <laughs> he's my hero hero that dog's a jewel thief and i don't even care <laughs> you're listening to animal radio call the dream team now at 1-866-405-8405 
make me think about uh, Mick Jagger expecting his ninth child with 29-year-old. A 20, he's 72. Isn't it his eighth child? Yeah. Is it his eighth I child? I think it's his eighth. Eighth, eighth child? Yeah. With the 29-year-old. I don't know how many. Who's counting? Is it, yeah. a, is it just a girlfriend or is it a wife? What is it? Yeah, nobody Who really. Who knows? Yeah, he should have had. Partner. His partner. His yeah. partner, okay. <laughs> Yeah. He should have just had cats, I think. Yeah. That's what I've done, and I'm, I've been very blessed with uh, my cats. I've learned a lot from my cats, as Jeremy Feig has, and we'll learn a little bit about what he's learned. I know he's uh, one of those people that just looked around, didn't like life, and then looked at his cat and said, why is my cat so happy and I'm so miserable? And he's written a book which covers everything from relationships to health, stress, careers, happiness. It's actually a pretty good book, and I'll have giveaways of it in just a few minutes after we talk to him. Right here on Animal Radio. Also on the way, your calls. And if you need your fix during the week, by the way, you can head on over to animalradio.pet. You can also download the Animal Radio app from the website there. Yeah, pet. I didn't say .com. I said pet. Animalradio.pet. That's a brand new uh, domain. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Digging on that. You know, you're right. When did that happen? That's uh, like in the last six months that's happened. And so uh, we, we snapped it up immediately. I didn't do it, actually. Uh, one of the dogs here. Oh, right? okay. <laughs> but it, well, you haven't been saying animalradio.pet for the last six months, and I didn't notice until today, right? Yeah. You can actually get to to the website from animalradio.com also, but I like saying pet because it's different, it and it is. reminds that's, you about what we're all about. That's cool. Because we're here to celebrate your pets. That's what we do. In fact, if you look down on your phone right now and all the pictures are of your pet or in your wallet, all the pictures are of your pet. This is your show, because we're just a little over the top about our pets. We love our pets. We spoil them. They're all with us right now, and we'll give them a better food than we eat. And speaking of food, it's a big business, and in a few minutes, Lori's going to talk about it. It's, I guess you were saying it's like a $23 billion business. Yeah, and it, it is. It, it's huge, I mean, to the economy also, but I am obsessed with dog food and dog nutrition, cat food, cat nutrition, same thing. So while we're on this subject today, and, and you will always hear those stories here on Animal Radio, but how Velcro figures in now, because everybody's getting into the act, into the pet food business. Velcro. 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 Wow. Yeah. Velcro and dog food? You're trying, you're saying there's a, there's some kind of correlation there? I thought you were going to use Velcro just to make your dog sit and stay. <laughs> Velcro them to the yeah, floor there? Exactly. My dog doesn't need that. If you give my dog food, and my dogs, you know, my dog will eat just about any kind of food. And I look at the labels very closely. Lucy will actually take a treat in her mouth or anything. And if she doesn't doesn't like it, she, she kind of lets it sit there for a second. <laughs> and then she opens her mouth really slow and her tongue kind of rolls out. <laughs> like she's spitting. And whatever she took that didn't lie, she didn't like, she lets it fall onto the floor like bleh. Uh. <laughs> We have one of those situations where Ladybug, the studio stunt dog, if she doesn't like a food, she'll put it down. But then if the cats get near it, uh-huh. if she sees that there's another dog interested, interested. in it, then all of a <laughs> she sudden... She likes it, right? She likes she it. Likes she wants it. it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're funny. Yep. The way we test our dogs for uh, if they like their treats is if they roll in it. You know, she li- she'll take a treat and then she starts to roll in it. She means... wants to get the smell on her. Yeah, before she eats it. Really? She, yeah. yeah. She rolls all I've over. never heard that. Yeah. Yeah, all over her neck and rolls her back on it, and then she'll eat it. I've had dogs. I threw a, a cherry tomato across the room one time, and a dog that almost w- ran into the door to catch it because he loved him so much. <laughs> if I gave one of those to Lucy, it would be on the floor in seconds. Doesn't like the tomatoes, huh? 
Nah. See, I won't give them to Ladybug because if she rolls in it, it'll smash it all a, over quite the place. Quite a mess. Yeah. I know that you're going to talk about that in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Doug Gray of the Marshall Tucker Band, and forever you'll always be listening to Animal Radio. Keep loving those pets. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A California woman who allegedly instructed her two daughters to steal a neighbor's dog was arrested on charges of contributing to the delinquency of a minor and grand theft. A witness to the dog napping told police he saw two young girls jump out of an SUV and snatch the small dog while a woman inside the car was shouting at them to hurry up. A week later, the girls aged 7 and 9 were observed reacting strangely to a sign the dog owners posted offering a reward. They were sent to the principal's office where they confessed the stealing guppy, a small chihuahua Pekingese mix. Their mother, who was released on $20,000 bail, told police she took the dog to protect it from another dog in the neighborhood. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. For over a decade, Biogen has been the leading provider of genetic preservation and cloning services of prized livestock with thousands of satisfied clients. Now announcing Biogen Pets, providing genetic preservation and cloning services to pet parents. Consider preserving the genes of your pet to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. Challenge Cable, there they are, the crows. I have about seven or eight crows that come to my house. They're terrorizing me, but they're too smart. I can't get them. I don't know how they know, but, like, there'll be seven of them in my yard. They land on my roof. They do what crows do, you know. It's like they're mocking me. As soon as I leave my chair and go downstairs, and I look out the window, they're gone. They're like so smart. I had no idea crows were so smart. Smarter than me, anyway. Hi. This is Ginger. Ginger, my favorite spice. Are you the one that's asking about uh, men? Yes, I need to know how to be one, desperately. Oh, we lost her. Let's look around the Internet. Man fights to keep pizza-eating pet alligator. The alligator's name is Gwendolyn. He's 13 feet long, and David's taken care of him for 47 years. The alligator's even allowed inside the house. Once he was in the house, he didn't want to leave. I think it took us like three weeks to get him to go back outside. He was on the couch all the time or in the bathtub. He loves Chips Ahoy cookies. Now we're excited. Now you like that, huh? This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. Hey, I bet your diet is changed a lot with the healthier food revolution that we're going through. And chances are your pet's food has gotten a lot healthier, too, as we see foods like kale and avocados, even quinoa, showing up in pet food bowls. And the reason behind it is what they're calling the pet humanization trend, which kind of translate into pet owners wanting the same quality and safety standards for their pet food 
as we get for human food. In fact, healthier premium dog food makes up nearly half of all of the dog food that is sold these days. And following in the footsteps of the popular premium brand Honest Kitchen, many brands are now touting that their dog food is made from human-grade ingredients. In fact, the Honest Kitchen box of dehydrated real food says you can eat the food, but they stress it's not made for humans. It is made to keep dogs healthy. Now, where do you think most people buy their pet food? Uh, I would guess big box stores or their pet stores. Or I don't know. It depends where you live. Some Maybe even Walmart. Buy grocery stores. Yeah. Grocery stores is right. Ooh. They sell about a fourth of all pet food. Wow. But you don't see the premium brands there. Uh, but after grocery stores, supermarkets is specialty retailers. Your pet stores and then drug stores. Can drug you imagine stores. saying, wow. I'm going to, yeah, wow. CVS, I'm going to Walgreens for Rite Aid. cat food. <laughs> yeah. And then warehouse clubs account for the other 75%. But U.S. pet food sales totaled $23 billion last year. Wow. That's and a that, of course, yes, billion. That oh. makes up more than a third of the, you know, that we know 60 plus billion dollars that Americans spent on their pets last year. And if you ever wonder how people decide, hmm, which pet food should I buy? 45% of consumers say it all boils down to if their pets like the taste, if they eat it. Hmm. Then next they consider the price, and then that all-important factor is it made in the United States? Mm. Which, you know, by the way, doesn't mean a lot. It needs to also be sourced in the United States because yes. you'll see a lot of stuff that's exactly. made in the U.S., but the ingredients come from China. You know, and it's so frustrating, too. If you look at a label and it says, you'll find that it says uh, pea protein, pea powder, pea, pea as in, you know, green peas. Yes. And the reason that they're allowed to break up all of those, you know, green peas and all those different components is because it may be made up mostly of green peas, but by dividing it up, it gives each one of those little areas a lesser amount and moves the total of meat, which is pretty general, up to the top of the list. That's just That's wrong. That's bad labeling. That's unbelievable. Okay. Now, while we're on the subject of pet food, Mm -hmm. the company that makes Velcro has sort of entered the pet food arena by working with Zook's natural food brands to integrate what they're calling the press lock closure into packaging for Zook's new Ascent natural dog food line. Now, you know how hard it is to line up those tracks on those zip close bags. I hate those, yes. Yes. Oh, me too. Now, this new Velcro press lock is said to be very easy to use because you can hear and you can feel that the bag is tightly and securely closed without the need for that tedious and precise lineup and then check it. That seems to take forever. Mm-hmm. Australian scientists have developed a new anti-snake venom treatment, which they say is going to help save thousands of pets from deadly snake bites since Australia, I didn't know this, is home to 10 of the most venomous snakes in the world. Wow. Now, as it is now, many Australian pets who suffer snake bites can't be saved with existing treatments because either they're so expensive or they don't work, 
and they don't even have a chance to work a lot of times because the current treatments are so hard to locate and then get it to the hospital in time. Now, once the final testing of the new anti-venom product has been completed, it'll then need the government's approval for sale, of course, but everybody's really hopeful because the new anti-venom can also be used for treating humans with snake bites and against the toxins of some certain kinds of ticks that can paralyze people. Hmm. Larry, the very cool cat if you haven't heard about him, has been employed by England's government for its rat-chasing skills. But Larry, the good news is, is going to keep his job, despite all the political things that have been going on over in England and the departure of former Prime Minister David Cameron. Because Larry has served as the chief mouser at England's Downing Street residence of the British Prime Minister for several years because of his strong predatory drive. In fact, he was brought into Downing Street from a shelter five years ago, and this all happened after a large black rat, a huge one, was seen near cabinet members' offices during a live television broadcast. This big, huge rat just scurries across the floor. Well, apparently everyone had thought that the previous chief mouser, who was Humphrey and retired in 1997, had eradicated their rat problem nearly 20 years earlier. But no, didn't happen. That's how it became Larry's job now, and he is there on Downing Street to save the day and probably, I'm sure, calm the fears of many employees who work there. I would be thankful for Larry. And, of course, everyone is also hoping that new Prime Minister Theresa May is, is a cat lover like the Cameron family was. I heard Larry wasn't that good at mousing. I just I don't know if that's true or not. Have you heard any of these rumors? No, I no, heard that he is. No, that he's supposed to be pretty good at it. Yeah. How do you tell the difference between the rats and some of the politicians anyway? That's, <laughs> I mean, that's, I'm just curious about that. It's good to you hear. Can't. <laughs> good to hear he's keeping his job. Larry can tell the difference. I love it. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news whenever you need it at animalradio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at animalradio.com. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Hi, hi, Doc. Um, I have a couple of questions. Um, um, I have a twelve-year-old Labrador that's okay. uh, well been diagnosed with uh, some elbow arthritis, and he's been getting real wobbly walking. The slightest little divot in the grass, so you know he could literally almost fall over. Okay, and, is that on the front end or the back end or both? Well, the elbows have seem to be the the limping, you know, the pain. The rear legs don't seem to be painful. They just seem to be loose, you know, wobbly. And, and short walks are about that all he can do now. So I tried a little Remedil, had no effect. I tried the Medicam, I didn't see anything either. Um, I've been giving him, you know, an aspirin or so every other day. That seems to be the, about the best. And then I've been giving him the liquid glucosamine, chondroitin, you know, uh, High potency in his in his dry food. Okay, I'm just worried that you know he is um, in pain. I, I don't I don't know how to tell. Yeah, and that's a, a great question because it is hard to tell with osteoarthritis when a pet's in pain because a lot of the, the gradual signs kind of mimic that of just getting old, and it's very easy to just say, oh, "Well, he's just you know getting old. That's why he's doing that." But um, you know, if we're noticing that he's having trouble getting up and down from a lying position. Um, if he does have some muscle loss or unsteadiness in the back legs, that can be associated with arthritis, but there can be some other causes there. So if he seems wobbly, 
um, I would look for explaining this by arthritis, but there still could be some other spinal disease or other neurologic things that could be going on causing an unsteadiness in the back end. So um, we might have some success with some pain management, but um, I kind of want to keep my eyes open that we're not missing anything else that's more than just um, arthritis here. So you mentioned a couple of the good non-steroidal pain remedies that we use, Rimadyl, Medicam. I don't use aspirin anymore. It's got such a long withdrawal time and causes GI ulceration for animals. So if those prescription ones didn't do the job, mm, you know, we can look at doing some different things. Um, I've never tried the Anaquin uh, yet, though. I I heard... Uh, this morning on the radio, I heard a lady using her. You recommended to use Anaquin. Oh, the Adequan. Yes, yes. Adequan. And that that was actually one of the things I was going to mention because even like the liquid glucosamine, great thing to try. Um, I have tried recently a product that has not just glucosamine but also has um, avocado extracts. Um, it goes by a brand name called Dasequin, and they come in little chews. And I had some good success with some patients on that that have been on glucosamine. And we just haven't seen quite enough uh, results. But that, that is something you check with your veterinarian for. you. I don't think you'll find that in the general market. Um, is but yes, a uh, prescription? It's not necessarily a prescription, but it's just a veterinary line. It's a nutraceutical, so it's a, a kind of a, uh, a supplement, but it's kind of in the food form. Um, but it is, a, like I said, it's usually a veterinary brand, so it's just not sold at Costco or, you know, at the pet stores. Um, and then, yes, the Adequan, which can be very helpful to help keep that joint healthy, helps to prevent uh, enzyme degradation in the joint. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, we have to give it by injection. That's the only thing that kind of puts some people off. Um, but I've actually trained many of my clients to give these injections at home. And once we get through that initial period of twice a week for several weeks, you know, they may give a shot once a month or every couple months, and it can kind of help give them a little more get up and go and comfort when we're talking about dealing with this chronic um, painful condition. So, yeah, I wouldn't hesitate to look at that. And for many people, we'll also look at fish oils. Um, and just like people who have heart disease and arthritis, um, you know, it has some benefits about decreasing inflammation in the body. And for animals, we can use that as well in that same way. Are those anaquin injections, are they done in the area of the pain? Good question. They're just given anywhere in the loose skin. Um, and we used to have to give this in an intramuscular injection, which meant the veterinarian had to do that. But, yeah, anywhere we can give a subcutaneous injection on the back, on the hip area, um, we can give that. It's really easy to do, and most pets take to it very well. So, yeah, that might be uh, something if you're comfortable with the needle thing and you're not a little needle shy. I, I look into that. This is Jane Lynch on Animal Radio. Please spay and neuter your animal. Spay or neuter. Let me say that again. You don't want to do both. Spay or neuter. Let me say it again. Can I do that? You can do whatever you want. Oh, God bless. I'm going to try it one more time. Hi, this is Jane Lynch on Animal Radio. Please spay or neuter your animal. I love it. You do so good early in the morning. I'm I'm so caffeinated right now, can I tell you? I'm barely holding it together. You're awesome. For over a decade, Viagen has been the leading provider of genetic preservation and cloning services of prized livestock with thousands of satisfied clients. Now announcing Viagen Pets. 
providing genetic preservation and cloning services to pet parents. Consider preserving the genes of your pet to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for Animal Radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N Pets.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio celebrating our connection with our pet. Uh, you know who's on the phone right now is Jeremy Feig, and he's a guy who, like me when I was young, I was a class A loser when I was young. I hit rock bottom. I was broke. I was alone. I was living in, in a, an apartment the size of a closet. The same for Jeremy. Somebody Jer- cue the violin. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy was doing that, too. But he looked down at his cat, and he said, who was with him and also in the same situation, and the cat was perfectly content. He wanted to examine why, and he wrote a book about it called How My Cat Made Me a Better Man. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. So tell us, uh, what was the deal? When you say you were at rock bottom, what, you were out of work? What, no girlfriend? Yes, and yes. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it was basically, yeah, it was basically like that. I was, I was by myself, living in this tiny shoebox of an apartment. The closet was actually bigger than the apartment itself, which really, really didn't help me because I didn't have much in the way of personal possessions either. And uh, and I was single, and I just you know every now and then I'd have a job. It's very intermittent, but uh, but at the same time I looked down at my cat Shelly, and she was she was in the same situation, but she was happy. So I said, uh, you know, maybe there's something I should look at her a little bit, and uh, if she can be happy, maybe I can too. What'd you learn? I think right off the bat, I, I was like, I, I basically realized you don't need a lot to be happy. You don't need to be surrounded by things. material possessions, yeah. by all these different things. If, if you know you're still alive, you got you got a roof over your head, you're able to to buy cheap uh, ramen noodles and, and eat dinner every night. Then then something's working, and just be thankful for what you've got. And your cat told you all of this, Shelley. Your cat told you all of this. Well, I could I had to read between the lines a little bit. Okay. She really kind of kept a lot of the information to herself, or she didn't share them out loud in English to me. But uh, but yeah, it's really. Uh, I really would watch her and then see how she could make her happy in the same situation. So I figured, why not me too? So she had to be a few years old to learn all this herself. She wasn't just a Oh, kid. yeah, yeah. She was astray for the first year of her life. And so, uh, and this was in upstate New York. And, uh, and so I would imagine that her life was pretty difficult then, you know, because she really probably had to scrounge around. I've seen stray cats around. They have to scrounge around for food and hopefully find a, an old abandoned building to sleep under, you know, and deal with the elements. And here it is now, and it, she's living in this little, what I thought was this tiny little shoebox apartment. She was probably like, wow, what a wonderful apartment. <laughs> sure. Well, there's always somebody that's better off, and there's always someone that's worse off. And that's the one lesson that I've learned about life. And I, I look at my dog, and you see my dog. The big deal about my dog is where to hide the bone. She walks around all day with a bone in her mouth trying to figure out where she's going to hide the bone. That's her mm-hmm. big deal. And so it, it's all about perspective, I guess, right? Yeah, Definitely. And, that, and that's an important uh, decision your dog has to make. That, bo- that bone could go anywhere, and it probably occupies him for hours trying to figure it out, I'd imagine. So how's your life changed now? What are you doing now? My apartment is larger. I'm married. I've got a, got a little kid at home. Things, things are just better overall. So what advice would you give someone who's looking down right now and just says their life is crap and miserable right now? Well, I, I tell you, a lot of it comes down to figuring out what it is that makes you happy. You know, a lot of people are, are kind of doing things because other people want them to do it or because they feel pressured. Maybe society or something is telling them to do a certain thing when they're forgetting 
to do the things that make themselves happy. I think that's a chapter in the book is about happiness, and that's really, I think, personally, the most important thing, to be a positive person, look at the things that make you happy. Now, I once like, had a, uh, I once get, get, like, had a little toy that was shaped like a lobster, and I, it, was, it was this adorable little crinkly lobster, and I thought, oh, she's going to love it. Shelly will go crazy over this. And I gave it to her, and she had no interest at all. It was just like, <laughs> it was a total, it was a dud of a gift. But then there was like a little the plastic wrapping that it came in. She found that, and she started batting that around. And she had a great time with that. That was her new favorite toy for a long time after that, this little piece of hard plastic. So she said, I'm not going to go with what you think will make me happy. I'm going to go with what I myself am into. Ooh. I mean, yeah, I think that's really a lesson right there. You know, you can't do what other people think is right for you. You've got to do what's right for yourself. Absolutely. Well, I love the chapters of the book. The book uh, actually goes through some really important topics from grooming to fear, relationships, uh, persistence, health, stress, careers, sharing, and happiness. Uh, tell us a little more about what's in the book, especially the stress part, because I'll tell you, I'm one stressed out guy. <laughs> well, I, well, as far as stress goes, like I've learned some other lessons while like, I once took her to the vet, and it was a completely, it was a big debacle of a visit. You know, we got there late in the day, so it was crowded. Shelly was, was antsy. We had to wait a long time. And we got in there. Let's just say it was an ugly situation of her scratching the vet assistant, peeing all over the table, and just completely freaking out, you know, very, very much leaving me embarrassed in her wake and feeling terrible for her. But I think the problem was that I brought her late in the day. And when she basically, what would be a more difficult situation for her to get through? It was late in the day and crowded and everything. So from that point on, I said, all right, every time we have a vet appointment now, we're going to do it first thing in the morning. So there's almost no other cats or dogs there. You can get right in. We're going to bring treats in case there's any kind of bad situation that happens and just be prepared for it. So in that way, we kind of knew what the stress would be, and we said, let's make a game plan ahead of time. And, uh, and, and that way we were able to deal with it more in the future. So even if you go through a stressful situation, you can learn from it and figure out how to improve things the next time that comes along. Very good. It is, and the book is great. So if you're if you're one of these people right now that you feel like you've hit rock bottom, I want to give you a copy of these books. We have ten copies to give away, so I need ten really uh, <laughs> horrible stories of just you know being at the rock bottom, feeling like crap. Give me a call right now, toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. How my cat made me a better man is the book. Jeremy Feig, the author, that's spelled F-E-I-G. And, of course, we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. Jeremy, thank you so much for hanging with us today. No problem. Thank you for having me. It was fun. And thank you for standing up as a man and saying you love your cat. You know, you very rarely hear guys guys say that. Guys admit that. More people need to do that. I'm here to represent. It always flies by. I had so much fun today. Thanks for hanging with us. If you need your fix during the middle of the week, you say, I just need an Animal Radio fix, you can head on over to AnimalRadio.pet. Have yourself a great week. We'll catch you next week for more Animal Radio right here. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network.